Hey everybody, welcome back to Bacon Wire. It is hate week. Um, we're recording on a Thursday night, so maybe hate not even 48 hours, hate 41 hours, something like that. Um, noon kickoff, uh, you know, they still they didn't push it back, unfortunately. Not that they would, but um, we've got Spartan Dog as always, and we got Carter back with us. Carter, Spartan Dog, well, what what have you guys been up to this week? Yeah, Lucas, uh, we decided to record a little later in the week this week uh, because we wanted to give the fine the fine listeners of this podcast a uh, something to something to listen to a little material for them to listen to on their way up to East Lansing. Uh, Sheehan kind of blew up our spot a little bit with uh, interviewing the fucking governor. So uh, that kind of sucks. He's on a heater. But, you know, maybe if you're coming from across the state or maybe you're one of our uh, maybe you're one of our Swedish listeners, believe it or not, Lucas, if you check the analytics on Anchor, we do have a listener in Sweden or whatever. Gotta look. I, do, I do remember <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> Konnichiwa or whatever they say in Sweden. Oh, uh, we, we love the bacon wire. Yeah. Uh, my Faja. Uh, <laughs> the bacon wire. <laughs> uh yeah, I'll no, like analytics, but yeah, go go ahead, keep going. At least when I was like editing and uploading the pod, we had like a listener from Europe. I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> no, like you know, uh, we're recording later in the week. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, Carter, you're in school. You don't count. Uh, but the work week has just been crawling for me. It's been going by like a breeze through me. It's my work's end of fiscal year, and we are just busy as shit. So I'm glad. I cannot wait for this Saturday. I don't have to work the weekend, fortunately, and I'm I'm just I'm ready for this weekend. Carter, what have you been up to? Um, I just had the last couple of days of fall break here at MSU, and okay. you know my schedule isn't really grueling anyway. So <laughs> I mean, it ended on. Tuesday and my weekend's already started because I don't have class tomorrow. So I'm, right. I'm cruising, I'm chilling, I'm getting excited, ready for the game. Um, campus has been absolutely electric. You can feel it even when you don't see that many people on campus. You just know that some, like one of the most special days in the history of the school is going to go down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going up tomorrow and I, and I just can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. Like, I don't, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Like, I'm not going to be able to go up until tomorrow afternoon. But I'm just like, so I'm so pumped to get up there and be in East Lansing and be around my fellow Spartans and just get ready to fucking tear it up. I'm so excited. I I really want to take up Mitch's offer of let me sleep at his apartment. Uh, but um, I, I have another I have my roommate here that would be upset if I did that, especially since I got to wake up at 5 a.m. to go. <laughs> Well, you in, in, in your defense, Lucas, this is how you spin it. You wouldn't wake her up at 5 a.m. to leave because you wouldn't be there. So she right. would get a better night's sleep Friday night. So that's how you got to spin it. See, like, like all you married guys, all you married simps out there, hey, you're no. stuck playing checkers. <laughs> where, where me... I, I determined myself to be the most eligible bachelor on, on Twitter, uh, on MSU Twitter. You can trademark that, take it to the bank, tell Jack Williams about it. Hi, Jack. 
Uh, I am the most eligible bachelor on MSU Twitter. Uh, argue, argue with a wall. Uh, I'm out here. I'm out here playing chess. I'm making moves, right? I know what. I know what girl. I know what's gonna happen before I do it, and that's not because I pay fifteen dollars a month for Tinder Gold. It is not. I want to be clear. I do not. <laughs> And I definitely don't pay $17.49 a month for Bumble Plus. I definitely don't do that either. <laughs> no judgment here, man. No judgment, man. It's it's a different scene nowadays. I'm feeling a little bit of judgment. I'm feeling there is none. I'm just saying I didn't pay for dating apps and I found Cassie on one. So I'm I'm not joking. doing anything. I'm joke. I'm joking. Uh, I, I I I also I'm, I legitimately don't pay for those apps unless I'm shit face wasted. <laughs> that's a that's the right way to do it. Um, so we got a lot to talk about. We got a special guest coming up. Um, I think I'm just gonna weave him in when he's ready, or like at eight o'clock. Anthony Iani is coming up. Former or he was a guest. He's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of Bacon Wire. I didn't get to speak to him the last time. That. It was like right around the inception or beginning of Bacon Wire. I think Spartanog, you and Ryan might have talked to him, or it might have just been you and Brett. It was me and Brett. Yeah. Um, yeah, you and Ryan interviewed Wigginton. That's right. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to talk to him, and it's the biggest week of the year for, I'm going to say at both schools, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, we're going to talk to him about. But Lucas, we're yeah. not Michigan's rival. No, we're we're supposedly not the rival, even though, even though I I watched a podcast divided yesterday, and I am doing that out of support for Connor Muldowney. I Muldowney, see, Connor Muldowney. I see his lovely co-host. I'm not making fun of him. I, he's a big guy like me, so I'm not going to go there. Um, he's wearing a gimmick shirt, just pissed yellow, saying uh, "Raid the Woodshed." Holy shit! I thought he was above that. I guess not. Remember um, three. Remember three weeks ago when every Michigan fan was like, "The woodshed's a fucking stupid name." <laughs> uh, this is such a fucking dumb gimmick. Yeah. And now, now they're they getting shirts with it. Yeah, and now a motherfucker, and now a motherfucker is using his ex-wife's cricket to make raid the woodshed t-shirts <laughs> and selling them to to dumbasses like Don. Uh, yeah, and I'm just. I... Like Thanos, it's inevitable that I'm going to probably meet him on Saturday because our, our good friend Mitch um, invite him to the tailgate. So, I mean, I'll be cordial. I'll be nice. I'm not going to be a dickhead unless you pussy. say something. Huh? You're a pussy. Well, I, I'm not like that. I'm not. On site. It should be on site. I'm not like that. Um, I, regardless of my internet personality, I am a very nice dude in person. And I'm, I'm, yeah. Carter vouches, you know, and I know, I know Spartanog vouches. Um, You're here. So I want to start, you know, we're about 10 minutes in, but anyway, I want to <laughs> shout out um, Mel Tucker. I mean, another shout out for this amazing staff. Um, we opened the show last week by talking, or, you know, yeah, last week about talking about Steven DiVietri, like the MSU devotee, um, diehard in his blood in his bones that he's an MSU guy all all around he has been his entire life um he's fighting a really tough battle with cancer still still obviously and um he's gonna make it to the game and that's incredible news 
That's incredible news. Um, yeah, good thing Spartanog didn't say what he put in the chat, or else this would be an edited episode 100%. Um, no, it wouldn't be here till Friday night. Um, <laughs> but Stephen DiVietri, uh goes to the Mel Tucker radio show every week, and you know he's gotten a picture with him in the past, which, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I would drive an hour and a half to get a picture with him. Um, and he, they, Darren Harris and Coach Tucker presented him tonight with an, a game, like, uh, official team jersey with his name, last name on it and the number one. That's fucking awesome. Uh, you know, Mel Tucker just don't miss right now. And th- this, I just, you know, it, it He's not missing me- it. He's not going to miss his plane to Baton Rouge either after this season, so. I should edit, edit that out. Um, <laughs> you mean after this game? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. I'm just joking. So, I mean, I just want to say it, it, it. He said, you know, or an, an account that I won't name said Spartan family at its finest. Um, it is, you know, this is a, a tight knit fan base and, you know, we're a big fan base, but we, we have a lot of f- familial qualities, family qualities. And like, you know, when we come to these tailgates, you know, like I met Carter and it felt like I, it didn't feel awkward. I was like meeting one of my, my friends, you know, for the first time we've done so much shit on Twitter. And then obviously meeting Spartan dog, it was like, like, Oh shit. I'm like, is this my podcast co-host? Like it was, it was kind of surreal, but like, this is such a, a tight knit environment. And I love this fan base so much. And I love this program even more right now and doing that, that amazingly classy gesture for Steven um, is, is awesome. And I hope he wears it to the game. <laughs> I'm going to look out for it. I mean, he's probably going to frame it, which I think any person would, but I would try to wear it for one game and see if it brings me luck. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. I just, <laughs> I mean, like to have, I mean, for Steven to go through what he's gone through, Right. I mean, yeah. the, the cancer's bad enough, but to, I mean, this time last week, he, he had a, he had a fucking priest in his, ho- in his hospital bedside. Yeah. He, he had like, his uh, church priest there. It was, yeah. You don't get <sighs> like, you don't get closer to the, sorry to be morbid, but you don't get closer to the end than, than that. No. And to, to come all the way back and to get cleared to go to the game is, incredible and it's i'm so happy for steven and and his son tony that they're able to experience saturday together and you know to really make that lasting memory yeah you know i i cherish the the memories of going to games with my dad and it's good and i it's awesome to have to have that for him to be able to fight so hard for so long and to have another wrench thrown in his way where so many people would have been like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving this hospital. And they would have just given up. Steven is a true Spartan. He fought, he fought his way through pneumonia with no immune system mm-hmm. and is still going to fight cancer until the very end. And that's super commendable. Yeah. I mean, he's stronger than any of us combined it's no question um i i don't have much more to say about it carter you know do you have anything else you want to give some good vibes to steven going into saturday with us i mean yeah 
everything, everything you guys said. I mean, he's stronger than any of us could ever hope to be coming close to. Um, it's incredible because like things just didn't really seem good for him last week. Like he was saying, you know, if, if this is the end of my journey, I appreciate everyone uh, sharing it with me. And I was like, wow, that, that, that broke my heart. It really did. But you know, and then in, in, in the coming days or the most recent days, he said, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of the hospital and I'm going to go to the game. And I was just so happy. I was so excited for him. You know, I'm, I'm overly thrilled for the guy that he fought as hard as he could. I mean, fighting pneumonia without an immune system, it, things just seemed like they were turning in the wrong direction. And he, he fought through it. He, yeah. And you just got to respect that. You got to respect the courage. He really is truly what every Spartan dog wants to emulate. I think that, I think that he should be a success story. And I mean, I think he is. Absolutely. I mean, regardless of how things work out, you know, after this weekend, you know, I'm just glad he's there for it. And I know, you know, I think win or lose, it's it's a great moment that that he should share. I mean, he will. He will cherish it. He's the type of guy to not take life for granted or else he would have been like, you know, we said he would have been one of those people just. <laughs> he would have. Oh, that's awkward. He would have just been one of those people that gives up and, you know, to each their own. But Steven's just like, I'm fighting this thing to the very end, literally to the, to his last breath. If it, I hope it doesn't come to that, but um, Steven, if you listen, I don't know if you do, um, but uh, if you do listen, or if anyone here listen on uh, listening to us knows him directly, please tell him that we are rooting for him. Like we are rooting like hell for him. And um, we're excited to see that he will be there on, on game day. That's, that's incredible. So, um, speaking of Steven, you already won. Yeah. You already won. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about something real quick and then we'll, we'll just going to shoot the shit about the Michigan game until Anthony Yanni can come on. Um, Michigan state and Alabama are the first two schools to sign a kind of co like a merchandising agreement with a company called breaking T breaking B R E A K I N G T as in tango military code. <clears throat> Dot com. Thank you for your service, Lucas. I, I only sold guns for a couple of years, so I had to know the military uh, alphabet. Uh, I called yeah. them. Just no, you, no autographs, please. Do you um, sell some? Do you sell some Alpha Kilo forty sevens to some uh, to some Colorado fans? Oh, <laughs> well, mm, I'm not really. Okay, you know you said it, not me. So, um, they this broke about probably two hours ago. Um, and I tweeted it from Bacon Wire. They, it's Michigan State officially licensed gear that has the players' likenesses on almost all of it, and they get profit. They get proceeds from the prop from the from the sales. It's awesome. It's us in Alabama. That's it. And obviously, more are definitely coming. Um, you know, go to breaking t the letter t dot com slash collections slash Michigan dash state, or just Google it if you're lazy. Um, the shirts are, there's a legendary shirt with the dap between Naylor and Kenneth Walker, um, a Kenneth Walker, the third, like kind of a canine graphic tee. Um, this one, the woodshed, just the woodshed with the, obviously a little outline of Spartan stadium. 
you have the jerseys, the shirt jerseys. You have Peyton Thorne, Kenneth Walker III, Tyler Hunt, uh, Cal Halliday, Jalen Naylor, and Jaden Reed. So, um, you know, stock up on them. Buy them, blow your paycheck on them. Give these guys some money um, and, and give them your support because this is, this is just the beginning of this type of shit. Yeah, well, Lucas, I, we talked <laughs> – we talked for a while at like the beginning of the podcast because I think we knew it was coming uh, about about the MIL about the NI about NIL coming and what that would mean for uh, and what that would mean for MSU specifically in college athletics as a whole. And I think, you know, there was some, uh, there was some kind of there was an initial gold rush, right? Where like the big names got paid right off the bat, and yeah. it kind of now we're kind of settling in. And you know, on the same day, this breaking teeth thing was announced, and Hopcat is like endorsing Peyton Thorne now. So yeah. like I. So, like, I think when people imagined what NIL was going to be like, right? Like, like of course, like, like DJ Uiaga Ale was going to be in a Dr. Ugalele. Pepper commercial. I, he sucks. I, I'm not going to pronounce his name correctly. He fucking blows. Uh, <laughs> if he played, you know, I can pronounce Tua's name. I can pronounce Tua Tagovailoa because he was good. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what John Kirby said in the only podcast this week is like, if you're good, I'll say your name right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like DJ DJ Lele. DJ Ukulele, you're close enough. DJ, DJ Ukulele. Yeah, didn't he tweet like a day before NIL, like at United Airlines or something? Wink, Delta. Wink. It was Delta. <laughs> and then he was in like, and then he's in like Doctor. He's in Fansville now. Really? Yeah, yeah. He came out. He came out of the transfer portal, which oh. is probably. Uh, just probably art, imi- yeah, yeah, which is art, art imitating life there. But uh, <laughs> no, like it, it's cool to see kind of everything kind of to see the players start uh, kind of leveraging their NIL in in ways that aren't like that aren't like Instagram stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. That aren't like sponsored Instagram stories or sponsored posts, you know, I right. mean, between the breaking tea stuff, the Hopcat UWM. Uh, it's, it's really awesome to see that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. I really can't wait for like the Nike shop. I'm a Nike guy. So I'm, I really hope that we get like a Nike MSU store with like the players. Cause I think that's only a matter of time. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's inevitable. Um, so Let's talk about the game, the big one, um, Ohio State, Penn State. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I'm joking. Uh, Michigan State versus Michigan. Number six, Michigan comes in at oh, four, four and a hook. Um, favorite, depending on where you look. I think I got MSU plus 4.5 on Barstool. Um, I actually won $70 on DeAndre Swift scoring the first touchdown on the Lions game. I forgot I bet on him to score just for shits and giggles. Even though that game took years off my life, I'm glad I at least won off of it. Um, so 
Michigan State is a four and a half point underdog. And if you take away the home field advantage, that's a touchdown favorite. Um, I mean, looking at the numbers, most people are predicting <coughs> Michigan to win. And look, I'm not trying to downplay Michigan, but I don't I don't see where they have this decidedly amazing advantage over MSU. Can someone help me figure this out? Well, I think I think the biggest advantage is going to come in the trenches. I mean, yeah. it. I, we we mentioned that Carter was here when we talked about uh, when we did our compliment sandwich for the Indiana game, and and I was I was pretty heated about about Cap's uh, wholesale rotation of the old line. Yeah, and I made it very clear that if the second rotation of the old line was responsible for blocking Aiden Hutchinson they're going to be failing in blocking Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. So ultimately uh, that's where I think the main advantage is, but I don't think the, I don't think the secondary has gotten any better. They were still, they've still been getting burned. Right. Mm-hmm. When, when teams can, when teams uh, are able to adequately block Aiden Hutchinson, the secondary still gets lit to shit. Um, and, you know, it's not like Aiden Hutchinson came out of nowhere. It, he played in the game last year, so Cap has experience scheming for him. It's not like he... It's not like he just... He descended from the... Hev- it's not like he popped out of the transfer reporter like Kenneth Walker. He's been at Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a, th- I mean, I have a theory that, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Aiden Hutchinson's a solid player, but I just think the national media, ever since the Bosa's came onto the scene, they just like latching onto a an edge rusher from the Big Ten and just like creaming all over him. And basically, it's only Hayden, they're only doing this for Aiden Hutchinson because Kayvon Thibodeau is a, is playing in a different time zone than than Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of how I, I see it too. Um, I, I think I really hope that the O-line is solidified and just find your strongest person who can take on Hutchinson and frustrate him enough to where Michigan has to try wrinkles to like move him to the other side of the line and then just get plays away from him. Like just be a, just move, remove him from the equation. And um, that's, and Honestly, harder like, said than done. Well, I think Nebraska was really good at that. Easier said I mean, than done. I mean, yeah, absolutely easier said than done. But if yeah. you look, if you go back and you watch that Nebraska Michigan game, Nebraska did a great job of doing it, right? Like playing over his head, going to the running to the opposite side, right? Like, like double being able to effectively double team, you know. I think Cap's going to use all that to his advantage. It doesn't hurt that Tyler Hunt is a solid blocking tight end. So I think we're going to be able to, I think Cap's going to leverage that, I think, in the, in kind of the scheming. Yeah. Like, like give, give Hutchinson Fitz, challenge him. Um, he's been talking about this game the whole week. He's been talking shit about the Van Summerins. Um, make him pay for it or make him, you know, make him regret what he said, or at least like contain him. Um, 
and just wear him down. But like, what I want to see is, you know, uh, Vincent Gray, <laughs> we all know and remember him. He said uh, earlier this week that he remembers who Ricky White is now. And, well, that's good. I mean, he's not playing Saturday, so n- don't be looking out for him. I love what Sheehan said uh, to us re- earlier in the week. Like, just have Ricky White dressed on the sideline, just walking up and down by Vincent Gray just to psych him out. <laughs> um, but I want to see if these corners have improved with this new off- with this new defensive coordinator. Um What's his name, Michael McDonald have. or something? I honestly don't think they have. I mean, I've watched a, so. I've um, watched a good chunk of Michigan football this year. Yeah, and the only reason the defense has been so effective is because they just they just bring five people. Right. I mean, that's the and they're not going to be able, you know. And Caps had Cap and Tucker have had two weeks to cap. Jay Johnson and Tucker have had two weeks to prepare for this, to prepare for Aiden Hutchinson. They know what McDonald runs. There's enough film out there now. It's not like he's been hiding film. He's had to use something. Right. So I think there's, I think there's enough. I think hopefully Cap Johnson and Tucker have, have figured out a, have figured out the correct, the kind of the, the the best game plan in order to in order to handle these guys. His name is Mike McDonald. <laughs> okay, I wasn't wrong. If I hear Yamo be there one more time, <laughs> Yamo burn this place to the ground. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Like I think his name's Michael McDonald. <laughs> uh, yeah, like okay, this is what's bugging me about this week. So I've been listening to the Brandon Walker College football show and I actually called in or no. Uh, Brandon Walker invited yeah, me. Yeah, he on. invited you. He invited you on the show he as a guest, but you had show. to, but you had to call in and wait in the call queue like everyone else. Uh, lucky for us, our podcast producer works for Brandon Walker and uh, goosed the goosed the goosed the lines a little bit in order for you to get on the air. I only they're goosed. Wait, they're I a little wait, goosed. There weren't goosed. Twenty four minutes, but it was just because he he had to. Uh, butter me up for the audience. It wasn't because I was in a line with other callers. Definitely not. Um, but no, there's this caller on there, and you know, he all he says is Michigan's two running backs are better than our one, Kenneth Walker. And in my opinion, when you have to say two are better than one in this instance, I think they're not. <laughs> if you, it's like a child of divorce saying two Christmases are better than one. <laughs> Hey, I'm a product of divorce. Were two Christmases better than one Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> were. Fuck off, Lucas. God <laughs> damn you. No. Now I have to think of something fucked up to say to make you edit this podcast, you son of a bitch. I just thank you for whole... ruining. Thank <laughs> you for ruining the Shaq, my the, yeah. the Jedrick Will Shack video. <laughs> thank you for ruining my. Thank you for ruining my analogy, you little twat. You're just like. Uh... <laughs> I'm done. You can pull the plug. Yeah. Husky, husky, you husky prick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. God damn it. So, (laughs) um, like, and he also was like, uh, I mean, he was sounding like he was pissing his diaper the whole time he was talking to Brandon. He was like, uh, East Lansing's not going to be a rabid environment. I think that's very false. This place is going to be fucking loud. I mean, Carter, you're you're on campus. Like, 
Yeah. You, you talked earlier, like the vibe on campus is electric. Oh, it's going to be insane. It's going to be like nothing I've ever seen in the last four years that I've been here. I mean, this, this season already, like, I think 2018 was like the last time that people were excited for MSU football. So, I mean, like my, my freshman year was the last time people were this excited. Like we're finally, we get to be back in the stadium and now, Hey, look, all of a sudden we're seven and oh now. And we have Michigan coming in and they're also seven and oh, so they have something to prove. We have something to prove game day and big moon kickoff are there. Barstool is off campus. (laughs) Yeah, they're in one of the worst locations on campus. Well, yeah, I mean, Cedar. Hey, I, it's on a, the edge. This is a Cedar Village slander free, free oh, podcast. That's, that's okay. No, I'll agree with that. <laughs> okay, it's just I that's loved, kind of the perfect place to put that, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah it, it, no, absolutely. Right I loved my time at Cedar Village. My GPA didn't love my time at Cedar Village, <laughs> but I loved my time at Cedar Village. <laughs> um, like what? What's the most Carter? What's the most electric environment you think you've been to at Spartan Stadium? Like any game you've ever been to in your life? I think that the biggest one was probably, and I know this is kind of a strange one, but I really think that the biggest and most electric football environment I went to was Utah State my freshman year. Okay. I mean, it was it was the first game of the year. People were fired up. It was a night game. Um, I was there. I, I just I just recall the crowds dwindling from that point because they had started <laughs> to fall off. Yeah. And I just don't remember the crowds ever getting there in 2019. And obviously, they weren't that way. And there were no crowds in 2020. So I'm thinking there weren't? The, what the fuck happened in 2020? A fake virus intended to get Trump out of office is what happened. Yeah, um, it was a fake libtard virus spread by China. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was at that Utah State game uh, for my bachelor party. I don't remember much of it. I remember screaming at some old-ass Utah State fan half the game, um, which what, what not a good look for me, but, hey, I was really fucking drunk. Um, One of his nine wives was going to kick your ass. <laughs> It was. I felt bad at later, like after I got sobered up. I'm like, was I really screaming at some guy? And he goes, "Yeah, all he was doing was just clapping for Utah State." And I'm just sitting like, "Fuck you, fuck you." Yeah, not a great. Well, moment. he shouldn't be. You know, it's like the SpongeBob meme. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> uh, he then, wasn't even cheering or anything. They were just being silent, and they threw mustard packets all over him. <laughs> I, I almost, think. I almost bought a, a box of mustard packets. I'm about to have mine ready, man. <laughs> I, I think the most electric atmosphere I've ever been to in a, I mean, it's hard because it like by default, it would have been the 2015 Oregon game, but I didn't go mm-hmm. to the 2015 Oregon game because I was at home with a broken ankle. Um, yeah, We don't need to see that picture again. You kind of do. Uh, I'll send good. it. I'll, I'll send it in the chat later. Um, <laughs> but no, I think like, honestly, like I think the most electric, the most electric I've ever seen Spartan stadium was um, the 2017 Iowa game. Okay. Because, you know, that was, it was kind of like earlier in the season uh, you know, I remember it kind of being nice, nicer, you know, it was a good fall day. 
Yeah, it was a nice like fall day. Uh, you know, we weren't really sure what the team was going to be yet. They were still feeling themselves out. And I mean, like they, they looked awesome against Iowa. And I think that was like the, that was like the, oh shit, we might be good. You know what I mean? Right. Like I kind of got that vibe from the, from this, from the game and from the stadium where we were all kind of like, uh, we were all kind of like realizing together, like this team has some, but there's something here. You know right. what I mean? Especially coming off how fucking awful 2016 was. We were, I think we as a fan base were apprehensive about that team to start and justifiably so. Um, I mean, I think, I think we were all apprehensive about the university to be honest right. with you. Yeah. I mean, between, between the, between the Nasser stuff and, you know, losing in the first round to middle Tennessee state and the football yeah. season we had, it was just kind of like, it was like a Murphy's law. I mean, like, I don't want to call it. was, it, it was hard to feel pot. It was hard to like wear your Spartan gear with pride. Yeah. Um, during that period. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that team kind of, kind of redeemed kind of redeemed it a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, there is still a lot of work to be done and there's still a lot of work left to go, but I think it made, I think it made wearing your green and white um, a little easier. Yeah, I can agree with that. In 2017, I think the Iowa game was the biggest jump start to that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why 2018 was so hyped up because we were like, oh, we were three and nine and then we completely turned it around. We went 10 and three. Um, LJ Scott, we just beat the shit out of a good Washington State team. LJ Scott's back. Brian Lewerke looks like our quarterback for the next couple of years. You know, things are going to be back to the way they were supposed to. 2016 was an outlier. We're a team that we feel like we can be in the playoff again. Brian Lewerke could be a Heisman candidate, dark horse, and then all of it just kind of fell apart because the offense went completely anemic in 2018. It was it was really an awful season, especially with how good that defense was. The offense wasted it really down the stretch of that season too. I they, I <laughs> remember in 2018 after the Arizona State game in Phoenix, mm-hmm. in Tempe or wherever Arizona mm-hmm. State's campus is. It was like 109 um, degrees or something or some ridiculous. Yeah. Thing. I remember, I remember they lost that game and I was walking on, on Charles street. I was walking home from the Riv mm-hmm. and I was so fucking pissed off. I started throwing, like, it was literally like a toddler tamper tantrum in the middle of the street. And my friends had to like, pick me up and carry and like, and like drag me. Like I'm a top, like, like you see moms do with kids through this, through target. They had to like, they had to like get me halfway to, to Conrad's before I calmed down, before I was able to calm down. I was so fucking pissed. I just think that like, I feel like that defense in 2018 was putting up numbers that were, that were in comparison to 2013. I don't want to say they they were. were as good. No, they were. I mean, they were, they were, were they were a shade. They were a shade. They were a sh- I mean, we're talking between like, we're talking between like coats of, we're talking about different shades of white paint away from being mm-hmm. a 23rd, from being that 2013 level defense and fucking 
Dave Warner. I just, ugh, the one of the most vile characters in all of, in the history of, I don't want to say, I just got done talking about Larry Nassar. I don't want yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll, we'll, pause, we'll do the pause right there. Um, just, I mean, just absolutely, I, just sheer incompetence. Just, I mean, like Lewerke's shoulder was like falling off the bone. It was like that chef who, who like yeah. takes a chicken wing, who takes a big old, uh, it's a it's drumstick. It's, it's a drum, takes a big old drumstick and is like, if it doesn't fall off the bone, it's free and smacks it on the ground. That's what fucking Lewerke's rotator cuff was like. <laughs> and Dave and Dave Warner was fucking was fucking throwing him out there going, okay, uh, we know you don't know how to dive, but instead of teaching you, we're just going to let you keep diving head first. Dave Warner that season, it kind of, is, it kind of reminds me a little bit like what you say about Jay Johnson, what it's like, am I going to have a great offensive series? Am I going to have the worst offensive series anyone could ever call to me? Except, he, thought- had, except he had the two head, except he had the coin two face has where it's double side heads. Yeah. So it's, it's like it, heads. I'm gonna be a dumbass. Tails. I'm gonna call something cool. <laughs> oh, it's heads. <laughs> and it's like short side jet sweep. Oh. And it's like, but to me, it was like he would call a worse and worse series because it's like I know D'Antonio won't fire me, so I'm gonna do whatever I want. Here, look at this, and he would go call something so stupid, and 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 it would result that way. Like we saw what this team had. Uh, at least for the first half of that season, it was Felton Davis was really good. Yeah, and he was then, great up until what happened at Mich- the Michigan game. Yep, and then Naylor was still pretty decent. I mean, that's when he was a freshman, so he, but he yeah. was still pretty good. You know, he was making winning plays against Indiana and Purdue, so we knew that we had something with him. Oh, I did he get hurt too? He might have got hurt. Too. He got hurt. You still had okay, but you still had Daryl Stewart, so you had at least some receiving weapons. Right, but he and but it just did. They, I remember. I think and you had last, and you had Hunter Rising. Yeah, at that time, you did. Yeah, yeah. And I think I believe they scored eight points a game in like the last like three, like a stretch of the three losses. I think from like Nebraska, Ohio State, and then another team I can't recall. Oh, that Nebraska game was horrible, wasn't it? Nine. That was maybe the worst game I've ever seen. Was it Were, nine to weren't six we? Play? Wait, hold on. Weren't we going to talk about the Michigan game? Like we're like. Yeah, we got way yeah, off track. AI will be on soon. Um, let's before we talk more about the Michigan game. How about those helmets, huh? Ooh. Fucking, they'd be uh, it'd be even sweeter if they were neons. But you absolutely know, I'll take it. Uh, no, no neon. I'm a pro neon. I like the neon. Carter, the Carter, neon. welcome to the church of the neon. This isn't welcome. this isn't the this isn't the week for neons. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you you know what you know what the appropriate week for neons is? Take every a guess week. what I'm going to say. Yeah, every week, every week, playoff, every week when we get there. Wrong. Yeah, it's imagine how sweet the neons are going to look with like that embossed diamond swoosh that Nike does for playoff teams on Ooh, their jerseys. That, That's going to be that. I re- remember sick. the diamond swoosh. I remember that. Uh, remember the diamond swoosh. Remember, <laughs> remember Connor Cook. um so yeah i'm gonna send the invite to ai in a minute um 
I think what I want to see out of the Michigan game is I have my notes still from the other week. Um, we pretty much talked about it. I just, the one thing I really think that we can't afford is bad time management in this game. Um, especially if it's close. I mean, if MSU's blowing them out, cool. But like, we can't afford to have that debacle we had against Rutgers where, I mean, it was smart of coach Tucker to find that extra second, right. You know, before the, like when the pass literally hit the ground, but I mean, shit, you can't rely on a ref to make that call. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's what I want to see is like, utilize your timeouts. And like Mike Valeni said long ago, timeouts aren't like cell phone minutes. They don't carry over. Um, make sure we're on the right page with each, with everyone, like map out scenarios today and tomorrow. Like, okay, is the timeout warranted here? You know, what should we do in this situation? This, 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 um, I just don't want to see them bungle like a field goal at the end of a half or, or something like that's going to make me so pissed off. I want to see a sustained drives. And I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think it necessarily will be you hand Kenneth Walker the ball and like let him get you the first down yardage necessary. Cause I think they were doing that. Like they did that pretty well against Miami. I think like when they needed yeah. the burn clock, they would give him the ball. That's not going to be the case. For this. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead, Carter. We are welcoming on uh, AI. He's coming on. Oh, he's well, going no, on. I think uh, Carter to your, to your point, I think they're, uh, like, like the home runs are cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like the flea flickers and the deep balls. Those are all awesome. Yeah. But you need to be able to kind of, uh, you need to be able to temper that and give the defense a rest, right? Situational because, football. Right. Because Cade McNamara, I'm sorry, Cade McNamara can't hit a broadside of a barn. <laughs> if it's, if the ball, if he's throwing it above the line of scrimmage, it, it's it's literally a coin flip whether or not it's going to be a good throw or not. So they're just they're gonna in Michigan State's deep the way Hazelton is coaching the defense this year, they're gonna get a lot, they're gonna rack up a lot of ground yards because they're not gonna give up the deep ball, but they're gonna but the underneath routes, basically the only routes Cade can throw consistently are like the ones that Michigan State's defense lets teams have. So right. the, def- the the defense is going to be out there. There's going to be 8, 10, 12-yard play, 12 play drives from Michigan. And even though they might not all end up in points, those plays still stack up on a defense. So there needs to be <clears throat> there needs to be some kind of uh, uh balance, you know. Shout out to my boy Thanos like uh and we're welcoming on um, a friend of Bacon Wire. I didn't get to speak with him the last time he was on. Um, former MSU basketball player, um, Spartan dog, you know, awesome guy. I met him at a tailgate a couple weeks ago. Anthony Iani. Anthony, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you. It's good to see yeah. you. Um, so we wanted to ask you right off the bat, since, it's, uh, since I, I think there's a big game this week, um, <laughs> we, we, us three have never played, you know, uh, you know, college, like division one basketball or football. Um, you have obviously, and like, we hate Michigan, 
but like, what's it like for, you know, someone like you, who's been in those games, who's been in those Tom Izzo locker rooms that like w- how palpable or how extreme is that dislike of the other team? Cause I don't know if it might be hatred, but like, I, like what's it like for you as a player or what was it like you know just kind of like how it is with the fans like we don't like them they don't like us and you know going into practices you know whether it was like two days for the game or like five days for the game you know coaches are brought the intensity man and obviously you know from what I've been told like you know that's what Mel Tucker's doing that's what coach D'Antonio did like when it's Michigan week like you know the practices and the and the, and the game planning and the film studying, like, it's just completely different. Like, it's so it's a lot different than what you would do for, like, say, Ohio State or, say, like, a Northwestern or even a Duke. Um, it's just different, man. Like, and like I said, like, they don't like us. We don't like them. But, you know, when Beeline was there uh, when I was playing, like, there was a respect factor there. You know, Beeline right. brought that to the table. Like, and that's the one thing I loved about, you know, Coach Beeline was that he brought that respect factor to the table, like to the point where you couldn't hate on the guy because he was just a nice dude. And he took all his wins against us, you know, with a great amount of respect because he has so much respect for our program. And I don't know how Juwan is. I really don't, but like, you know, when coach, when Beeline was there, like I had so much respect for those guys. And even today, like, you know, I have, I developed a lot of great relationships with some of those guys. I mean, Jordan Morgan who played at Michigan is one of them, you know, Jordan's a great friend of mine. But when it comes to rivalry week, whenever we play each other, like even today as alums, like this is the week we don't like each other and don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Get back to you Monday. Yeah. <laughs> again exactly. After, after Sunday, you have your 24-hour cool-off period. Um, do you have any good, Tom, I mean, you, you don't have to be explicit if you don't want. Do you have any good, like, a good Tom Izzo story about like the week of Michigan or like the, during the game or like after a victory or something like anything like that. Oh man. We, um, so, so I actually, I actually talked about this in my book centered. Um, so it was after we lost to Northwestern. Um, I got a random phone call and this is like, I mean, we took the bus back. So we got back at like one o'clock in the morning. So I remember walking into my apartment in Spartan village and and my phone starts ringing and it's an unknown number. So I know it's coach Izzo because if he's calling from his house, like it's an unknown number because he doesn't want people knowing his house number. So I pick it up. I say, hello. He goes, you know, AI, what, you know, AI, what, what went wrong tonight? And we were talking about the game. Like he's talking, he's talking to me, like a guy who's going to walk on for two years and just on scholarship. Like he's asking me like what went wrong. And so, you know, I was, I was open, openly honest with him. I just said, you know, I don't think the scout team did its job. And, but I'm going to tell you right now, I know what's next on the list. I know who's next on the schedule and you know, it's that team from Ann Arbor. And I said, you could bet your ass that we're going to be ready for those guys this week, man. We're going to be ready for them and I will make sure of it. So we went to practice the next day and it was so intense. Like I brought so much high energy to the scout team and made sure that we got after our guys that day. And he got, he got after me to make sure that I kept my word. And so when that, when I, when that conversation happened, like that's when he knew how serious this rivalry was to me, like growing up in a, in a family, that's like three fourths Michigan fans. Cause, cause my dad was, you know, grew up in Dexter, which is right down the road from Ann Arbor. So, mm-hmm. you know, my dad and my late uncle were the only Michigan state fans in the family. So for me, that rivalry was, you know, it meant more to me than anything. Cause I wanted to go and beat Michigan just to kind of shut my family members up and have bragging rights for the rest of my life. So <laughs> just having that, having that conversation with him and just telling him like how much the rivalry meant to me. And then how he saw that intensity I brought like to every single practice when it came to Michigan week, 
Like, I think that made me earn a little bit more respect for him. But at the same time, you know, I also understood like how intense the rivalry was, you know, from a coaching standpoint as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anthony, from uh, from a player's perspective, I know the national media talks a lot uh, about, you know, trap games, look ahead games, right? Where, you know, they, you know, like you said, you knew who was next on the schedule when you were walking into when you were walking into Northwestern, right? So you knew what was coming up and you knew what it meant, uh, you know, for a player, like how, how did you, like, how did you combat that mentally? And you are like, where, you know, it, it's a little different in basketball, right? Because you get a little right, more, right. you get a little more slack in the wins and losses than you would, than you do in college football where, right. you know, one loss derails everything almost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, but those trap games still exist. So how do you, how do you get yourself in the right mindset where you're like, all right, like we're, I'm not going to like fall into this trap of like, Oh, Northwestern, they suck. Like Michigan's next. We should just start preparing for Michigan. Why even bother? It, it it's, it's tough, man, because, and, and I completely understand, you know, why football kind of was the way they were against Indiana. Cause it's, it's hard not to think about that. It's hard not to think about the fact that, your rivalry who's next on the list that's beaten you like, you know, two times in a row, because my senior year, they did beat us twice in a row. Like they had a two game winning streak against us. And then we lose to Northwestern. Now the focus goes from that to Michigan. And then we got to go to their house and we lost that game. So, so it's just one of those things, man, where you just got to try your best to focus and not like worry about, you know, what's next. And so it's like when we played North Carolina, you know, my senior year in the aircraft carrier, we had Duke right after. So we really couldn't overlook North Carolina, obviously, because they were the number one team in the country. But, you know, you just got to look at what's in front of you and whatever team you're playing against, like you just got to get after it. And then when the game's over, you know, if you win, great. You can celebrate, you know, basically for 12 hours. And then once you get up the next morning, your focus is on the next team. And so obviously it's a little bit different than football because football, like you have, you know, so you have so many days to prepare and you get like a different game every week. But, you know, with basketball, like we knew what was at stake. And even when we played Illinois, you know, the game where Draymond hurt his knee and then he comes back and out rebounds Michigan. Like we knew like, yeah, like losing to Illinois sucked. It really did. But like we also knew what was at stake, which was, OK, if we lose again to Michigan, that's four in a row. Like that's when it comes to our program standards, like that's not allowed. Like we can't allow that to happen. So right. so win or lose that trap game, like you just got to keep your focus. And then after the trap game's over, win or lose, like then you move on to your next opponent. I find it so fascinating. Like the week to week difference, especially, and I'm specifically, I'm referring to last year, how they looked against Rutgers week one. And then they then looking like a completely different team the next week against Michigan. Cause I'm sure like a lot of us, we were saying, well, this is not going to be pretty, but we walked in there and it was just a completely different story. And I and I I kind of want to get your perspective. Like you said, you know, with Illinois, it's like, how do you kind of like tap into that mindset? I mean, like I said, it's just a focus thing because, um, you know, obviously Illinois was not a bad team, you know, my senior year. You know, whenever you go to Illinois, you play them there. It's a tough, it's a tough place to play. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what it's called now. I don't know if it's like State Farm Arena or whatever, but I always call it Assembly Hall. I'm always going to call it Assembly Hall. Um, but that place is always rocking. You know, that student section is always crazy. And like I said, like you just have to focus on that game because if you even mention Michigan or if you mention your next opponent, like you're going to hear from the coaches because they want to make sure that you are completely focused on what you're doing. And, 
you know, last year to see what football did, a complete 180 from, you know, losing that game to Rutgers the way they did and then coming back and punching Michigan right in the mouth, that kind of showed you right there, you know, where the focus was, you know, when it came to Coach Tucker and his coaching staff. And so, yeah, I think that's what's so great about, you know, our athletic programs when it comes to football and basketball is that we got incredible coaching staffs that make sure that their players are focused no matter who the opponent is. You know, this this isn't related to Michigan specifically, Anthony. This is a this is more about the the athletic department as a whole. You know, it it's it's changed so much since since even I was a student there and I graduated, you know, this August. You mm-hmm. know, it's changed so much in my time there. I can't imagine the change you know, you've seen from your time. I'm not calling you old or anything, please. <laughs> I, I, may, but, I may look it, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Between, between, you know, all the, between like NIL and like all this stuff that's mm-hmm. pouring in, like, what do you see? Like, do you, how much do you think that all of this, all of these changes in college athletics are kind of propelling this Michigan state team to have them, uh, as as Joe Tessitore said it in the Miami game, like ahead of schedule. I think it, I honestly, I love it. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, the NIL because, you know, I've always said all along that players should get paid. And I mean, you go back to the days when there was college, you know, college hoops, 2K or EA sports, um, NCAA madness, like, you know, that a lot of players who were in those games, you know, whether they were walk-ons or not full scholarship players, they probably could have benefit from that, from the NIL. And obviously, you know, with the transfer portal, it's helped out tremendously. And just seeing what Coach Tucker and his staff have been able to do and the guys they brought in, guys like Kenneth Walker, um, guys like, you know, uh, Crouch and guys like Kimbrough and Williams, like it's just been a complete, you know, you know, mind blowing thing to see what they're doing. And so and obviously and I heard this today on on a radio show driving up to Mackinac City where I'm at for the night um, because I'm speaking to Rudyard tomorrow morning in the U.P., um, I heard a radio host talk about how, you know, Michigan State's turnaround should be, it should be the current sports story of the year. And I was sitting in my car going, I'm like, you know what, you're right. Because we went from a team that basically had, that looked like a program that had no hope last year to all of a sudden, like we're playing Michigan at home undefeated, ranked number eight. And if we win, we got the potential to be in the top five, top six going into the Monday's playoff rankings or so. You know, I, I, I just been amazed by it and, you know, getting to meet coach Tucker a couple of weeks ago, just to see the kind of person he is, I could tell why that program is going to be in great shape for many, many years to come because of who he is and how he condones himself. Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, you said you were in Mackinac city, like, are you mm-hmm. going to be able, are you going to be able to be in East Lansing on Saturday or what's your, what's your status? What's your travel status? Oh, um, you already know nothing's going to stop, <laughs> man. I l- l- luckily for me, I was actually supposed to do the presentations in the afternoon, but then the administration at Rudyard reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're actually going to have a half day of school. Do you mind doing it in the morning?" I'm like, "Perfect," because I'll <laughs> I'll get back home in Livonia at around three thirty. I'll pack up my bag. I'll get my kids from school, pack up their bags, and we're going to Grandma and Grandpa's for the night. And then I'm going to be up at seven thirty tailgating with everybody in the next day. <laughs> You'll definitely see me running around for sure. <laughs> so we've got game day, big noon kickoff, both in the same place, separated by a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 7-0 Michigan coming in to play 7-0 Michigan State. Has there ever been an environment like this that you think is going to be there? Oh, God, no. I mean – No, this – yeah. 
No, like we, we've had game day that we've had game day before. And, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of attending game day. I got to shake uh, Chris Fowler's hand, which was pretty cool when they were coming out to see everybody. So that was really cool. But um, no, like I don't think I don't think ever in the history of, you know, marketing or college sports has like big noon kickoff and then college game day literally been like literally 200, 340 yards apart from each other at the same venue. And and you just look at all the other different things too that are going to be there. Like, like Barstow is going to be there, which is insane at Cedar Village. Why they pick Cedar Village, I have no idea. Um, it fits though, doesn't it? You got to admit. It, 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 like, it, really, it, really, it really does. It really <laughs> does. So um, that, that nobody knows, nobody knows their brand better than Dave Portnoy. Like for, no, for true. <laughs> as many negative things as you could say about him and Barstool, like nobody knows their brand better. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and, and I give him so much credit for that. But, you know, Carter, going back to kind of what you said, like this is something that has never happened and it'll probably never, ever happen again unless, you know, we bring Alabama in, you know, middle of the season and we're both undefeated one and two in the country. Like you will never see this ever again. And so my advice to all Spartan Nation is, you know, just to soak it all in because, you know, these are kind of the times of where we were six, seven years ago when we had that Rose Bowl team, when we had the playoff team. So just enjoy it because, you know, this may never, ever happen again. And I know for a fact I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Absolutely. Um, so what what are your thoughts on Saturday? Like what what do you want to see happen and what would you like the team to avoid? And, you know, if you want to give a prediction, you can because I've got a score prediction out there already. So we're not doing – oh, hold on. Time out. We're not doing score <laughs> predictions. We're not going to do that. I've got one because I called into a college football show, which I'm going to clip the audio. Um, Congratul- congratulations on your call into a college football <laughs> show, but we're not going to do – we're not going to do score predictions here. Okay. Sorry, all I right. To, Even I though I'm the host now, it, it's yeah, – I mean, you're, you're, you're calling it audible. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. what do you want to happen and what don't you want to see, Anthony? Well, obviously, the number one thing I want to see happen is see what our offensive line does, because if our offensive line plays a heck of a lot better than they did against Indiana a couple of weeks ago and they're able to push around Michigan and give Kenneth Walker the holes that he can have to run and just break free. You know, I think Michigan State's going to be in pretty good shape. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, especially some of my Michigan friends, you know, you know, one of them tried to make a bet with me on Twitter today. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but he was saying if Michigan State loses, I should wear a Michigan shirt. And, you know, and a hat. And, and my response was, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing any of that stuff. So it's not <laughs> out of me. So obviously I turned on the bet, but then he said, then he quote tweeted and said that I'm scared and I'm shook. And I'm like, no, I'm far from that. I'm pretty darn, po- I'm pretty darn positive going into this game because, you know, personally, I think the one thing that we have that Michigan does not have as a, as a whole, we're the more physical team. And if we push Michigan around, if we're more physical than they are, which I think we will be, Michigan doesn't like that, man. They don't like that. Just not just their football team, but their basketball team too. Like if you're physical with them in basketball, they kind of run away from that. They kind of back off a little bit. So if we're physical with Michigan on Saturday, which I think we will be, it's not going to be a good day for Michigan, in my opinion. Um, What I don't want to see is I don't want to see Kate McNamara going for 300 yards by just throwing 10, 15 yard passes over the middle. I mean, that's, that's the last thing I hope I don't want to see Saturday, but you know, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm not going to give a score prediction, obviously, but I I think it's going to be a game where it's going to be a little bit more lopsided than what people think it will be. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling that now. Like the it, 
I don't know if it's a good thing, but the more I get closer to this game, the more confident I feel. And my my gut, albeit a very large gut, it's so it feels like it's right because you know we were talking the Indiana game, and man, I was dreading that kickoff for some reason, and I guess <laughs> good reason. Like I was sitting like, oh, they're starting quarterbacks out, you know, Penix is out, this should be easy. And then I'm sitting there about to watch like. Oh no, this doesn't feel good. And then, yeah, I mean, we got out of there and we covered like great teams do, but um, yeah, I mean, I would say I don't want to see JJ McCarthy. I don't want to see him, but I would say if MSU say it'd be awesome, I'm probably jinxing it, but say we're up two or three scores early, like say we're say the woodshed is just buzzing you know, we're getting to them. And then, you know, Harbaugh decides, okay, I got to hit the home run here. I'm putting in JJ and he goes for a home run play, which some people would be upset over. Um, I, I don't want to see him at all, but that probably means that Kate is keeping them close. So I guess it's like, you know, pick your poison. Um, but what I want to see is I want to see, I want to see some new wrinkles in the offense that we haven't, yeah. Um, been exposed to yet like the flea flicker Michigan is smart enough to expect it I, I think they are but you know you could catch them off guard you never know um, I think we yeah we caught Nebraska off guard with it but you know uh, Mel was hinting at trying to get K- Kenny Walker to catch some balls and I think that might need a little bit of work but that'd be that'd be a nice wrinkle like if he's not getting his yards behind Peyton or like right there you know and shotgun runs then try to get him touches on the outside to where Hutchinson is an ex- isn't a factor. Um, that that's what I would. Those are the two things that I would choose. I don't, what about you guys? You and you, Carter and Sparta. Well, one thing I would I would really really like to see, and you know I've harped on this the the entire season is I just need to see more consistency out of Jay Johnson's play calling. I I think. I think he, 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 Anthony, I, I likened it to, it's almost like while the punt is in the air and he's getting ready for the offense to take the field, he flips a coin and goes, okay, am I going to be a good offensive coordinator or a bad offensive coordinator on this drive? And he just kind of sticks with wherever it lands. And you really can't do that against this Michigan team, you know, as much as, as much as I don't, you know, as much as I think, about as much as I think negatively of them, they are a good football team at the end of the day. And, you know, you can't, you can't just leave, you can't just leave the balance of the game up to choice. So you, you need to, you need to hone in the play calling. You know, you're not going to be able to run to Aiden Hutchinson's side willy nilly. You're going to need to do some stuff in space. You're going to need to kind of get passes off quicker and, you know, I think the big difference maker in this game is going to be we got two weeks off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got two weeks to prepare. You know, Michigan had to play a game. And, you know, it was a Northwestern team that is not particularly very great, but they still had, you know, they had to, they had to keep their minds out of that trap game. And, you know, they didn't get the extra week to prepare like we did. I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, the, the other thing, the other yeah, thing, the other, oh, go ahead, Carter, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say, Spartan Dog, like the other thing is too, is like, and Lucas, kind of, kind of what you talked about the offensive play calling as well. 
is that the one thing I didn't see against Indiana with us is that we didn't get the ball over the middle. Like when we get the ball like 10, 15 yards over the middle to like Trey Mosley or like, or Reed or whoever, Naylor in space, like, you know, we're a pretty deadly offense. I, I barely saw that at all. And then went, and then the one time we did go up tempo, we threw the ball to the sidelines, 10, 15 yards. We got the ball in the middle. We were running up tempo and then we run a draw play for Kenneth Walker on first and 10. It's like, it's like, okay, like now you just completely slowed down our pace and now we're kind of back to square one now. So I want to see us run a little bit more up tempo too. So uh, go ahead, Carter. Yeah, that, no, that's definitely true. I mean, I feel like they're going to key in on Kenneth Walker. That's going to be the biggest thing. Um, and I saw some, some things today uh, that show that Peyton Thorne doesn't have particularly great numbers throwing over the middle. I think that's also because we don't really try to throw over the middle yeah. that much. It's usually like we're handing the ball off it's or it's like a quick slant or either we're taking that big deep shot down the field. Yeah, we got to try to mix some things up and throw in some looks that they haven't seen before. I mean, use Tyler Hunt over the middle. Use uh, Kenneth Walker not not so much as like draw plays, but you can also run some play action and dump it off to him or something like that. But I do I want to see us kind of like like I think was SD said, you mix in some new wrinkles of the offense. The thing that I want to see the most though, and we we brought it up, um, and that I want to see offensive line consistency. I want the five best offensive linemen out there. Because if you're rotating offensive linemen, especially with a center, that doesn't give you the best chemistry with your whole offensive line and your run game. Um, if that's the case, then you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to get the best yards on the ground. And as we know with this series, whoever runs the ball the best usually wins. Both teams have great run games, but we have the Heisman candidate. And I think that we have a chance to be easily the best run game in this game. Um, the other thing is I also want to see us score a lot very quickly because I think if that's the case, then – Michigan's going to try to go away from the run and they're going to try to put the ball in Cade McNamara's hands to go score the ball to get them back in the game. And if that's the case, I'm going to knock on wood here. I would feel pretty good about our chances if that's the case, because I don't really think that Cade McNamara is a quarterback. You put the ball in his hands and you tell him to go beat a team. So those are kind of some of the things I want to see and not see. Can I just say one quick thing real quick? Can we all just imagine for a second, Michigan wins the coin toss, defers, we get the ball at the 25 yard line. Can we imagine for a second, we hand that ball off to Kenneth Walker, the third, he goes right up the gut, 75 yards untouched. Can you imagine how nuts that stadium would go? Anthony, this is a family friendly podcast. You can't talk that. <laughs> you can't talk that explicitly, man. <laughs> hey, I, key word there was imagine. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a mini earthquake. I would yeah. love it. If Seriously. <laughs> If they if MSU was at the one yard line, their own one yard line, and then he broke a ninety nine yard run. Oh my god! It just breaks like six seven <laughs> guys, like just like jukes Vincent Gray to the ground where he eats turf, or eats grass, and like could you, that stadium would. I mean, it's very sturdy, but that place would be shaking. Like oh, I remember when Jeremy Langford broke off that. I think 40 yard touch, 46 yard touchdown yeah, run yeah. To, to basically ice the Michigan game in 2013. That was the most electric environment I'd, I'd been in. And um, I want that feeling again. I've, you know, we, I've been to a lot of games since, but um, you know, we're about to wrap up, but like, I, I wanted to give you a shout out. I'm, I just bought centered. I just bought it. Um, I, I, it's not here yet, but I did want it. I did want to read it. 
Um, and I wanted you to be able to, to kind of talk about it if you wanted to, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I've been looking forward to reading this ever since I saw it was coming out. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, I could cross off, I don't want to say a bucket list, but a life achievement. Um, you know, the fact that I was able to author a book, um, especially write co-author with somebody who that I know and respect a lot and my co-author Rob Keys. You know, it's just been a whirlwind of craziness, man. Like the day it was launched, like I've been doing nothing but nonstop, you know, media, um, podcasts, promoting the book and just the great feedback we've been getting from a lot of people. Like, I'm just so thankful for it, man. And obviously, Lucas, you know, when, when we ran to each other at, at a tailgate a couple of weeks ago, you know, for the Nebraska game, and hopefully I'll see you out there again this weekend. Um, and just talking to people about it at the tailgate, like it was just. You know, I'm blessed, man. I'm very humbled about it, too. And I always tell people, you know, if you get that book, like you're not going to be disappointed. Like it's going to be one of the best things that you'll that you've ever read in a long time. So anyways, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for you, man. So anybody listening to this wants to check it out. It's available on Amazon and iupress.com. Awesome. I don't 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 buy from Amazon, please. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. I, you know, I want people to read it, but uh what was the other website? <laughs> iupress.com, man. That's my Okay, part. yeah. Iupress. Buy it from iupress.com. I bought it from iupress.com. Don't, 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 don't use the other place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to thank you to come on, you know, just shoot, shoot around with us for a little bit, uh, poke your brain about this game since, you know, we, we haven't come, we haven't gone face to face with Michigan and oh, except for except for fellow fans. Uh, um, but I just, I'm just so glad you could make it on. I appreciate you working with us on it. And um, it's, it's been fun and, you know, hopefully uh, we'll run into each other Saturday. I'm going to be, I don't know how many beers deep, but you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm waking up at 5am I have like an hour and a half drive, but like, I cannot wait. Like once it's five o'clock tomorrow, I'm just so pumped, so pumped to get out of here. Um, my wife won't be, ha- she'll be happy. I'm gone, I, I guess, but, um, <laughs> she, she wanted to go to the game and she's like, how much your tickets? I'm like, whoo, <laughs> about <you>, that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, do you want to pay 700 bucks? Like total? She goes, okay, we'll have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she's like, well, I want to come tailgate. I'm like, well, you can drive your car separate and come up or you just go to a bar or you sit in the car. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll crack a window for you, hon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here are the keys, you know, go nuts. Um, Don't drain the battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't oh, great. But, um, yeah, Anthony, thanks for coming on, man. We we truly appreciate it. And you're, anytime you want to come on, you're welcome to. No, I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I definitely appreciate you guys for what you do as well. No problem. Thank you for everything, man. And I'm going to end it with everybody. Um, Carter, thanks for coming on again. Um, Spartan Dog, as usual, my friend. Um, Fellas, let's have some fun this weekend. Be safe out there. Don't do anything dumb unless you're provoked. I'm just kidding. Don't do anything stupid. (laughs) Don't do anything stupid. Don't You're allowed to do. I I I am allowing you to do one stupid thing. What? You get you. Get, it's like Spider-Man and Family Guy. Everybody gets one. <laughs> uh, you get to do one stupid thing. Whatever it is, I don't care. But you get to do one, and that's it. 
don't throw mustard packets at people. Um, let's be let's be classy while we pack the woodshed. Uh, fellas, we're out. Go green. Go white. Nice. Go white.